Do you remember the movie? I think it was like Ringu or The Grudge a while back that burned my chicken pot pie. I want to say it was Ringu. I want to say it was Ringu too. But this movie, I think, could easily burn my chicken pot pie, but I still got a lot more enjoyment out of it. <laughs> That's so like it's it burned it, but in a good way. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> okay I, i'm i'm excited and that, to that's my that entire means. rating for the movie so. <laughs> all right i i give it a a burnt chicken pot pie but i'm not that mad about it out of 10 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right Welcome to Paths of Fear, the weekly podcast where we give our takes on horror movies and explore the opinions of our audience. I'm Ian. And I'm Marshall. And this week, we're looking at Maggie. It won for our From the Zombies perspective theme. It's an American post-apocalyptic drama with some horror elements. It was written by John Scott Three. There's there's a number in his name. Um and was directed by Henry Hobson, notably the movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. What a movie. <laughs> what a movie indeed. Um, well, <laughs> do we do we do the teaser before we get to like the scores? Is that what we do? I, I feel like we should, yeah. I don't know if that's what okay. we always do, but that's definitely how it should be. Okay. <laughs> I think we've started doing that recently, but yeah. I, I just want to get straight into it. So I'll go ahead and just go with the movie teaser. Yeah, give us your little teaser. The United States and the rest of the world has been hit by a pandemic. The virus in question, necroambulism, which slowly turns people into mindless cannibals after infection. At present day, the virus is under a semblance of control. Strict curfews and martial law are in effect in the cities, and those infected are quickly quarantined and euthanized upon turning. Wade Fogle, a father living on his family farm, receives a call from his daughter. She's in the city, but she asks him not to come after her. Yet Wade will stop at nothing to protect his daughter, even to the detriment of himself and others. All right, hold up. I forgot to end it with the <gasps> You know. I should probably Here, I can mend that. Can <laughs> He'll stop at nothing to find Maggie. <laughs> there you go. But, but he finds her so quick. <laughs> we're very much choosing a different movie yeah that's the he'll thing he'll stop but... at nothing to decide what to do about maggie <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm going with that. i'm going with that i'm going with that yet wade will stop at nothing to decide what to do about maggie <laughs> perfect <laughs> um i think that's pretty accurate okay yeah <laughs> I think it's pretty accurate. Um, well, uh, what's your what's your general take on the movie? And what, what were you thinking? I think 
that the concept and idea behind the movie and just it as a piece of art, I suppose you could say, is really intriguing and interesting and cool, and I'm glad it was made. But at the same time, I think as a movie, it's just not very good. That's fair. Uh, so, so I give it a four out of ten. All right, I hear that. I hear that. I I think it was very slow paced, and I think that I could deal with it a lot better because I'm watching so much experimental film right now in class. Which I don't know if you've ever watched experimental film, but it's sitting there for an hour while different pictures of moths appear on the screen before you. Uh, <laughs> 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 and so anything's more exciting than that. And this had an action star in it, so, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would give this movie, I think, I want to give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. So does that put it at a 5 out of 10 between us? Yeah, it's a 5 out of 10, which, you know, I'm all right with. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that sort of side of me, or if I was looking at it with specifically the idea going into it that I was looking for unconventional art and, and such, like to, to analyze that, maybe I would it would have been higher. But just looking at it from like a movie that I'm watching, <laughs> I just can't recommend it as an enjoyable movie to watch. And I think that's what brings it down. That's for if you want to be lost in character and feels more than if you're don't ever put think like i want to watch a horror movie and then put on maggie because you're just going to be disappointed or possibly even worse i want to watch an arnold schwarzenegger movie and then oh, put yeah. on this movie <laughs> <laughs> and that i kind of came into it with like both of those in my mind oh yes yes that's very unenjoyable it definitely hurt it i was like you know this isn't what i was expecting when i heard uh zombies and arnold schwarzenegger but you know i'll take it <laughs> Yeah, it's just slow pace, and I feel like there's a lot that goes into that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we ended at a five point, and the audience ended at a 5.6 out of 10. Interesting. I'm surprised yeah. it was rated that highly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, we had a couple threes, and then we had as high as a nine. Interesting. Yeah. It's very much for those people that don't mind the weight and can get very emotionally invested. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of on that spectrum towards that area but i'm not quite entirely there yeah and and like for me i mean a lot of movies even movies with a lot of action don't get me because their characters suck yeah and yet in this movie like the characters are the characters are good i'd say but uh, i don't know um maybe if i was in a different frame of mind with different expectations i could have enjoyed it better but yeah my my enjoyment factor just not not enough happened not enough happens to fill that one hour and 30 minutes I'd say that's fair. Um, well, and do you want to drop the summary on us about what did happen or did not happen, really? And then we'll uh, get into it. Even though I haven't uh, technically written it at this time and recorded it, I'm hoping that because not much happens in this movie, it won't take that long. <laughs> that's true. But I guess you're about to find out. Here we go. A voice over the phone can be heard. Maggie Fogle tells her dad where she is. And not to follow her. Dad, I've gone to the city. Please don't come for me. There's a curfew here. Just, just keep them safe. I'm sorry. A morning radio channel provides context to the current state of the country and the world. The global population has been plagued by the necroambulist virus that turns people into flesh-eating zombies. 
It also appears that some related virus strain has infected a vast amount of farm crop, forcing farmers to burn their fields in hope of destroying the virus. Maggie's father, Wade Fogel, goes into the city searching for his daughter. Meanwhile, Maggie is caught outside during curfew and is taken by armed officers. She's brought to a hospital, housing other infected individuals. Wade finds her there, where he's told by a doctor that Maggie has been bitten, and it's only a matter of time before she must be quarantined. As a favorite of Vern, a doctor at the hospital, and a friend of Wade's, Wade is allowed to take his daughter home, but with a warning. I wouldn't normally release someone with her type of infection. I'm doing this a favor for Vern. Quarantine is eight weeks in. Say your goodbyes and get her straight to there. On the trip back home, they stop to get gas, and Mackie enters the convenience store to get some sunglasses. Wade goes in to pay, but can't find the clerk. Eventually, he checks the back, where the zombified clerk tries to attack him. Wade breaks his neck, and he quickly leaves with Maggie. Wade brings Maggie home to her stepmom, Caroline, and her step-siblings, Bobby and Molly. The children are sent to stay with their aunt, just as a precaution. Before they go, Maggie talks to Bobby about what's happening to her. Surprisingly, Bobby seems to understand the grim situation. A few kids at my school got infected. I knew one of them, Stephen. I didn't like him much, but I don't think he deserved to die. That night, Wade, seeing that his crop has failed, sets his field ablaze. The following morning, Maggie stays in her room. She tries to call some of her friends, but only gets the answering machine. Eventually, she goes outside and swings on the swing set for a little while. Upon looking outside, Caroline sees that Maggie has collapsed from the swing set. After helping her up, a cut on Maggie's finger reveals that it's oozing black fluid. In a rash decision, Maggie cuts off the finger, tossing it into the garbage disposal. She runs outside, grasping her hand as more black fluid seeps from her wound. Wade goes after her, and they find two of their neighbors wandering the edge of the woods, a man named Nathan and his daughter Julia, both of whom had completely turned and were now zombies. Wade sends Maggie inside. He pleads with Nathan to say something, but after giving no response, he kills him with a hatchet. Nathan, please. While remorseful, he kills Julia as well. The police show up. Sheriff Holt, who knows Wade, tells him he did what he had to do. Nathan's wife, Bonnie, had kept him and Julia locked up for too long and never reported it. The sheriff reminds Wade of what he'll have to do about Maggie when the time comes. I know what you're thinking, but it's for the best. You think about what those two could have done today if you hadn't have been out there. Late that night, Nathan's wife, Bonnie, shows up with revolver. Wade meets her outside, armed with a shotgun himself. Bonnie tells him about how Julia wasn't treated as a human after she was infected, just a subject, and how her husband, Nathan, intentionally locked himself in with Julia. One night Nathan went in. Didn't wait me for my turn. Next morning, door was locked. Locked himself in with her. 
She asks to see where they are, and Wade shows her. Upon getting there, Bonnie drops her gun and grieves over her loved ones. Later, she's arrested, at the same time the bodies are being taken away. Wade gets a call requesting that he take Maggie in for an infection progress report. Vern sees to Maggie and is gentle regarding her condition. After her appointment, Vern talks with Wade privately. Maggie's infection is moving fast. Pretty soon she ain't gonna want any food. She's gonna want something more. Skin will start smelling like meat. And Vern says that Wade has three options when the time comes. One, he can take her to quarantine. Two, Vern can give him the effective but painful euthanizing agent they use in quarantine. Or three, he can make it quick. Wade tries to make the most of his last days with Maggie. They bond over making fun of Caroline's cooking, hence talking about Maggie's biological mother. Until the day, I still don't know what she saw in me. Because she did everything. She was smart, beautiful, and she had those long legs. Okay, okay Dad, thank you. What? I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. Eventually, Maggie's friend, Allie, comes to visit her and invites her to hang out with her friends, including Trent, an old love interest of Maggie's. The group gathers and talk around a bonfire. Trent talks about and shudders over what he's heard happens in quarantine and thinks shooting himself might be better. Eventually, Maggie and Trent sneak away to an abandoned bus where the two share a long-awaited kiss. At the end of the night, Allie brings Maggie home. Allie insinuates they'll hang out again, though knows this is probably the last time they'll see each other. Hey, wait. Wait. I love you, okay? I love you too. After sharing a technically inadvisable, but emotionally necessary hug, Allie cries alone in her car. In the bathroom mirror, Maggie sees her eyes are starting to cloud. Caroline takes a look, but upon getting close, Maggie says she smells food. Caroline dismisses this, thinking Wade is likely cooking, and goes to find the eye drops. When she finds them, she also sees that Wade isn't cooking, and what Maggie was smelling was her. Maggie gets a call from Trent, who seems frantic. She goes to his house and finds his father holding a gun at Trent's bedroom door. He knows the time has come for him to be quarantined, but he refuses to come out. I can't open the door. I smell him, Mag. I can't go to quarantine. Maggie tries talking him down, but can't do much before the authorities enter the house and forcibly take Trent away. Dad. Please? Maggie's condition continues to get worse. One day she goes into the woods, hearing anxious sounds of some animal. She finds a small fox stuck in a cage trap. Moments later, she runs back into her home, her face caked in blood. She terrifies Caroline and tells Wade that she just wanted to let it out, but that she couldn't stop herself. I, I just wanted to help him. Daddy, I just wanted to help him. I'm sorry. After Maggie's put to bed, Caroline tells Wade it's time, 
and urges him to call the authorities to take Maggie to quarantine. What if it was Molly? Bobby. After everything that we've been through, you still think it's about that? I've loved her a lot. She was my own. But she's not her anymore. Wade, please. Wade refuses, and Caroline leaves. A few days later, the sheriff, along with Deputy Holt, show up and ask to see Maggie. Not wanting them to take her away, Wade gets in a brawl with Holt, but they're broken up when Maggie shows up to tell them she's okay. Though Holt is skeptical. Hey, look at her. I'm all right. While understanding of his situation, Sheriff Ray tells Wade he'll be back and that before then, Wade needs to figure out what he's going to do. Wade takes Maggie to a garden that belongs to her mother, where she planted white daisies, hoping it can give her some semblance of peace. He tells her that she's not going anywhere, though Maggie makes him promise that he'll end it, that he'll kill her before she turns. Promise me that you'll make it stop. That night, Vern comes to the house and gives Wade the quarantine cocktail, but tells him he's better off using a gun. Before going to bed, Maggie calls her step-siblings and gives them her love and her goodbyes. Hey, munchkins. I just wanted to call to say that I love you guys. Wade sits in a chair in the living room, his shotgun in his hands, and falls asleep. Early the following morning, Maggie walks downstairs, her skin streaked with gray cracks and her eyes almost completely blackened. She sees her father sleeping and holding his gun. She goes over to him, and in a suspenseful moment, she holds her face next to his, before kissing him on the forehead one last time. She then goes to the roof of the house and walks to the edge, thinking about her mother. as she imagines herself as a child, frolicking through her mother's white daisies, Maggie jumps. Wow, that really didn't take too long, you <laughs> Or did it? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it did take a while, I don't know. Um, and there are two th places where this, maybe two and a half places where this movie falls off for me. And that is, the half would be Maggie's character development. Because Maggie is the center of the film, but I feel like she doesn't change too much. Right. Um, she, do, it's her, and like it is really, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, Wade Vogel, that's kind of our protagonist. But it would have been so much better if it were framed so that it was both him and Maggie growing through it. And like, I think what that would have required is her being a much different character from the beginning. Someone very like selfish, someone very, um, very much in denial about the whole situation, you know, just acting unreasonably. Mm -hmm. um, and then having us come around to appreciate her viewpoint, appreciate her and understand her. 
um, and then hit us in the feels with the ending. I, I think you're completely correct, actually. Um, you know, you look at the scene when when Wade is, you know, working on his truck and and she's reading uh, one of uh, one of her late mother's books that she found. And it's a very sweet scene between Wade and his daughter. And that scene would have felt so much better if that was um, something that they'd worked towards. Yeah, if it was coming around. Yeah, it was it was development specifically for Maggie, but also for Wade as well, like them growing together, uh, which makes a greater impact at the end with ultimately what happens. So and and also with her going away with her friends, like it almost seems like they're set up to deliver that growth and development. But I agree because of where she starts, you don't really see any real difference between her character at the start and at the end. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even Wade, really, like no one really changes through the movie. No one grows. Yeah. The one person who changed was probably like Trent, and he's in the movie for all of like 10, 15 minutes. So, yeah, it's just I think it has a, a, a few points taken off there. But I do really like how much they explored the characters. So I do have to give them that. The characters themselves were fun to explore and get to know. Mm-hmm. But they would have been even better had they been growing. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think that's what's missing. And also, I mean, I... I I do kind of want to say what I was expecting when I heard of this movie. Yeah. So I, I knew it was going to be the dad played by Arnold and the daughter played by uh, the well-known actress, but I'm blanking on her name right now because I'm not good at I'm not good at most actors' names that everyone just knows Arnold. But uh, you know, I knew it was going to be you know a man and his daughter, and the daughter was you know a zombie, and he was trying to protect her. Was the idea of the movie, and I was imagining like the two of them on the run from like the law essentially and you know progressing through that and i'm not saying that would have necessarily been a better movie uh, but that's what i was expecting and i can say that with something along those lines you have more opportunity for uh, for conflicts and for intense opportunities for character development yeah Uh, like there's just more things can happen within that context instead this movie keeps it very confined to this one place which is a calm country rural house in the middle of nowhere just from that perspective while i have enjoyed movies that have been confined to such places such as mother i really like mother and it's confined to a rural house in the middle of nowhere more or less yeah but at the same time it brings conflict into the house that is Mm -hmm. you know interesting that's exciting um even though it's really artsy and weird Uh, But this movie fails to really bring in impactful and interesting and enjoyable conflict. So something like them, you know, being out on the run or anything like that, not only would it have given more opportunity for events of of growth for both of them, uh, and it could end in a very similar way, uh, but it also simply would have made the movie more enjoyable, just action wise, just stuff happening wise. And that's where it falls off is stuff happening. And you can substitute it with action. You can substitute it with character conflict and character growth. But yeah, they didn't really have any of it. We we were put in the situation and just brought along for the ride until the ending. Um, yeah. There wasn't any like changes of tone, changes of feels. It was all pretty much the same throughout. But yeah, Abigail Breslin, that's Maggie's name, mm-hmm. actress's name. Yeah, and it's also difficult. Uh, this is a movie that's very hard on the actors, I think, because um, a lot rests on their shoulders to deliver uh, an excellent emotional performance. And while I think they did, they did good 
Um, you know, I liked Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. There's nothing wrong with him, but he's he's an action movie guy. Like that's what he's really good at. And this isn't really what he excels in. Um, so I think that they didn't they didn't make use of his talents in here as much as they could have. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I actually really liked him not having to do a whole bunch of action stuff because what it gave us, the casting of Arnold Schwarzenegger, it gave us this idea that he was tough. He uh, he did have power behind him. That's just what we know from the actor. Mm-hmm. And we got to see him use that sometimes, having to make the tough calls and like pinning down the cop in the fight and stuff. But before all of that and like the present state he's in, he's uh, he's a father and he's... yeah. A caring person so i i actually kind of liked arnold schwarzenegger not having to do all the actiony stuff and i feel like he did a pretty decent job i feel like the acting overall was pretty darn good what really made it was the score because we could be given a scene and just like a tight of an actor's face but the score really gave you that emotional impact behind it right so while the score it is it's very sleepy time it's very relaxing very mellow um with just enough like I don't want to call it, but enough interesting sounds to it to uh, to make it very enjoyable. But like the score didn't change too much throughout the movie. I feel like it was very much the same tone the whole way through, just as the movie was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it matched the movie well. I do feel like it just kind of reinforced the slow pace and the drawing on of the movie. Like I think this movie would have made for a really good like short film, like a 20 25 minute short film as it is. That's actually what I thought. And and I do, I mean, like what you said about um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger like being this big guy but like at the same time, no matter what he does, you know, this big tough guy, he can't he can't save his daughter, which is the hard part. And and that's also what makes it good. Um and no matter what I think, that's, you know, that's that's integral to the film. And I can actually get into things that I really liked about this movie, and and I agree, um, what would have made it an excellent short film, um, you know, even up to like thirty minutes, because it brings this this very solemn, um, it's very mellow for a zombie movie, right? I mean, at this time at twenty fifteen, I mean, most of the zombie movies you see out there, you you do have some experimental like zombie movies out there, but still, the majority of them are action or um, if they have drama, it's it's not concerned. The zombies are the threat. Yeah, uh, we're not concerned about them. They lack humanity. Uh, it's kind of part of the zombie is they lose their humanity. And yet in this movie, it, it kind of takes um, and that's why we have it from the zombies perspective, of course, is it takes a very different approach to zombies. I mean, why, why you did feel impending doom during this movie of her turning to a zombie. It wasn't so much in fear of her turning to a zombie. It was sadness that she was going to die in the way that cancer takes people almost yeah uh like it was just it was just a condition that she had uh that she couldn't do anything about and i think it was really interesting to to explore that and i I like that they decided to have the virus itself be essentially under control right you know they already had quarantines like they had essentially brought the zombie apocalypse like under control yeah uh and it was really exploring a story between a dad and his daughter you know who had been bitten and that was just it was a really good environment to set that in um even though they didn't do a whole lot with it which is why i think it would have made an exceptional short film or if you had found a way to bring more conflict into it uh, while keeping that same essential core of the movie the same um i think it would have been much better i want to say with the zombies 
the scene where we see what are the names nathan and the little girl i think were their names yeah i forget the little girl's name but the neighbors uh who come over and they're zombies i love how much they give zombies humanity in this movie which you don't really see often especially with our modern audience that kind of just accepts if someone's a zombie they're not them you got to put them down mm-hmm. but they explore the entire other aspect that i feel like we lost is that and that is that they are the person you loved they are the person you care about they're your neighbors next door um uh, Wade, when he's yelling at Nathan, well, he's all zombified and his eyes are all blackened and stuff. And he's yelling at him like, please say something so I don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Because they set it up so the infection is so slow going that there's a point where you are more a zombie, but there's, you're still you to an extent. And I thought that was a really interesting phase that we don't really see in other zombie films. And it was very powerful. And like the little girl, she just stands there for so long. She's not even going to try to bite uh, Wade. And I very much felt like it was the little girl inside being like, you just like crying because of her situation and crying because like you just kill my dad. Mm-hmm. And then because you're about to kill me, I felt like her silence just standing there was her trying to process those emotions while being in this state. I thought that was really cool. Going from that to uh, like, like you said, it takes so long uh, for this, for this virus uh, to actually infect someone and turn them into a zombie, which is, a great way to do it because in in say like the movie uh world war z it, i think it takes like 12 seconds uh for you to turn to a zombie after being bitten or something. yeah something like that it's insanely short and that allows you to essentially skip past all of this uh you know what should be grief and sadness and you know the death of someone it just skips to them being not a person anymore now now you can kill them because they're not a person they're a monster they're a zombie yeah the way that this movie approaches you know, zombies as you know they very slowly lose themselves it's it's very very cool to see it makes you deal with the loss in the moment and grief grieving even before they're gone mm-hmm. rather than just dealing with loss a little later getting to run on that adrenaline in the moment man I, that was another point i wanted to make and i can't even remember it. it was one of my two and a half things there was the score there was the lack of character growth and conflict mm-hmm. gee i can't remember the other one for the life of me um well may- maybe it'll turn back up hopefully uh well something i did want to mention is so so nathan uh, when he comes out uh so then i believe it's Wade Wade goes into uh, Nathan's old house uh, because, of course, Nathan had apparently locked himself in the room with his daughter who was infected. And then there was writing all over the walls uh, with. Yeah, I love my wife. I love my daughter. It, I love my family. Exactly. And and that that yeah. was actually really interesting. Um, you, you essentially see someone, the history of someone trying to hold on to themselves as they turn into a zombie. And that is that is a fascinating topic. Um, so that was a that was a great scene. I love that. It actually reminded me. Um, I watched this documentary on this uh, guy in Britain who has like a seven second memory. Oh wow! He got some sort of uh, disease uh, that affected his brain permanently. Like it's like he doesn't actually have any long term memory since his incident, essentially. And so every moment for him is the first moment after his incident. And you see, like in his notebook. Like, he'll write again and again, this, like, I'm awake now. I'm finally awake. And you see, like, over and over and over with him scratching out the previous one and saying, no, this time is. And, like, it really reminded me of that, of, like, you know, it's losing, like, actively losing yourself and trying to hold on. And it's just, it's very powerful. So I I thought that was a really cool moment for the movie. 
they get that tight of Schwarzenegger's face there, which is where I kind of felt like he was cast pretty okay for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he could show that kind of like accepting remorse in a way. Like, this is the world we live in. This sucks. And it makes me sad. And you could feel that he was contemplating that about his own daughter. Yeah. And it also did it work. Uh, you know, the fact that he's grown a lot older and everything um, also mm-hmm. makes him work with this role uh, just because. Uh, yeah, it, it, it. He already. He looks a little worn down, you know. <laughs> exactly. And I guess what I was referring to earlier is, um, he still would have been. It would have like like with the scenes like where he has to take care of you know Nathan and his daughter and everything like as because they tried to introduce like some conflict there, but overall didn't have much of an actual impact on the on the flow of the story. Yeah. And so like it would have been cool to see him interact with with you know greater greater conflict um you know like like if they were on their run or something uh even though ultimately he still was just powerless to save his daughter i think that a scene that would have been great because i like the stepmom character a lot i thought she was really great mm-hmm. they didn't make her the stereotypical like i'm your stepmom so i don't care about you um yeah yeah she actually cared like you kind of got that sense off her when maggie first talks to her and she won't look at maggie she and like we feel like she's almost sickened, but we realize it's actually that she just cares so much that she's having a hard time looking at Maggie. She's there actually to care about Maggie. She isn't there to be that evil stepmother. And especially when like Wade, uh, like what if it were your kids? And she said like, you don't even try to make this about that. Like you know, I've loved her like my own. Mm-hmm. That was really powerful. I thought that was really awesome. But I would have loved to see something where Maggie was attacking her, uh, like full on, like trying to attack her zombie mode, and. Wade had to like, th- like it was like this kind of battle to throw her off of the stepmother, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. And like in the process, she got hurt. Like he threw under a wall and there was something jutting out of the wall that stabbed into her back or something. I think something like that would have been really cool. Something to really set the tone of like, it is now time because we never too much got that. Like we're getting to the too late point. They kind of tried to do it with the cops arriving. Yeah. Um, and also with the fox. They kind of did it with the kiss. Yeah. And with the fox. Um, but yeah, it was, I would have loved to see like a big, this is it kind of scene. Yeah. Force Wade to contemplate it. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of need something big for that to happen. But yeah, like you were saying, I do like what they did with the stepmom and that like her leaving is her essentially getting to that point before Wade that, that she's, she's going like she's, she's almost gone and you know, it's really her a different way of dealing with the grief rather than it meaning that she doesn't care about Maggie as much. Yeah. Oh, OK. My last point. I finally got to. I finally remembered. Nice. We've kind of been touching on it. We've been dancing around it. It's just how long they hold you in suspense. The whole movie. They're taking you through this suspense of how bad off Maggie's getting. And they do a great job of progressing her to be more and more zombie like mm-hmm. Um, what with the eyes. And then we have her injury. We have the maggots in her wound. Um. They do a wonderful job of progressing that, but they never give us any sort of release, uh, whether it be good or bad. Um, mm-hmm. The whole movie, they're holding the audience in suspense of like, where are we going with this? What's going to happen? Um, and we very much needed some kind of release. And I think that that's why we have such a variety of scores is because some people can be hung. Uh, they can hang out in that area of suspense for so long mm-hmm. and manage there. I'm I'm pretty tolerant of it myself, but it's not fair to ask your audience to be there so long. It tires them out and you just can't hold them in suspense that long. So the only moment where you're actually they let go of you is the end 
And by then, if you if they did manage to hold you that long, if you managed to stay with them that long in the suspense, uh, it was very impactful. It was really hard to see. Mm-hmm. But most audience members are going to be tired out by that point. So it's not going to be so impactful and it's going to feel almost like a letdown. It's going to feel like, yeah, she jumped, but like it was going to be something at that point. You're, I think uh, a lot of people will really say, was that it? You know, once like the direct to buy blank shows up. Yeah. Um, j- just because, yeah, you're right. It, once you hold them in suspense for that long, it, it's going to, at the very least, it's going to build your expectation up to like, okay, this might be worth it to me, but it has to be, you know, something really impactful for it to be worth it. Because if you end it correctly while building up that much suspense, you can still really impact people with that ending. I think that just with the amount of suspense that they built up, it's hard for that that final scene uh, and the way that they went about it to really be worth as much as it demanded throughout the entire movie, at least for a lot of people, I think. What I would have loved to see that I think could have like kind of saved the movie to an extent is if she jumped and then it, cu- it cut to the directed by and all that. Um, and then it goes through like a few of those names. But then we start hearing Maggie being like, Dad, Dad, um, she's on the ground. She isn't dead. And then Wade has to come out. And then face the fact that like it's his job now. She tried to take it out of his hands, but now it's his duty. Um, I think that giving us that release there, but then throwing it all back at us, that would have made it a lot more impactful. Yeah, and I think that is interesting. I think also what might have hurt it there is, of course, because it's confined to this rural house environment. Um, <laughs> the, the fall from that height might not even have killed her. <laughs> yeah and like it might not have killed her as a regular person and especially as a zombie i feel like it definitely could have not yeah and i think i think we're just we're very like i mean i think everyone can be very aware of that like i fall from that high i don't know that's, that's, it's not as final as you need it to be um like i you know i i'd picture like a, a scene where they're at you know at the top of this building and like people are trying to break into the top because wade has his daughter up there and he's ready to like you know shoot everyone who tries to take her or whatever and then she's like all right dad it's time and then she flies off the building and that's that's final you know Mm. um but but you know uh you know kissing your dad on the forehead and walking up to the roof uh and jumping off is like it's it's not bad don't get me wrong and it certainly could have been good maybe if it was structured differently i don't know but it's not as final as i think a lot of people were expecting it to be yeah, uh, I I will say I really like that forehead kiss. I love all the suspense that went into that. Yeah, that that, uh, that was good. Because you you totally think like, oh, she's just about to bite his skull, and that sucks. Um, then then it turns into the sweet moment. It's re- that that was really well done. I liked that. It, it would have shined a lot more had you given us release earlier throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that she has to go downstairs and she finds him on a chair with his gun. Uh, he was. Like, he's not upstairs sleeping in his bed. Um, he's down there because that's... He's not trying to protect himself. He's trying to protect Maggie still. Even <laughs> though she's the danger in the house, he's yep. down there trying to protect... Like, trying to get people who's coming for Maggie. Yep. And that was like... Just seeing him down there, I was like, that's so sad. That is the hardest thing. Um. So, yeah, overall, some really great stuff. I Like, there was some really great parts. A really great world. Um, really great characters. We just needed more. Really, we just needed more plot points. Yes, exactly. And there, there's a lot of ways you could have done that. Um, yeah. 
you know, and and also those plot points, more impactful plot points, assist with actual palpable character development. Um, it might sound simple, but more stuff happening would have helped the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, which again is where the burning the chicken pot pie comes from. Exactly. Maybe that should be our marker for a movie where not enough happens given the length of the movie. Yeah, if it burns your chicken pot pie, it's really, you need more happening. <laughs> we we give this movie a, a burnt chicken pot pie sticker. <laughs> it needs to be in a, we need to make stickers now. That needs to be our merch, just with a burnt chicken <laughs> burnt pot chicken pie. Burnt chicken pot pie. <laughs> you know, this movie was okay, but I gotta give it the burnt chicken pot pie. <laughs> I'd love to walk out of a theater and see everyone like slapping that on the wall as they go out, you know? <laughs> That'd be great. Um, but yeah, I don't really have too much more to say on it, Ian. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think there is too much to say on it, other than that. Um, I guess I, I want to get into the fox real quick. That was sad. Him having to, the fox still being alive. That was so rough. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't. They didn't show us more. I was just about to say the opposite. <laughs> I was about to be like, I would have loved to see. Um, I would have loved to see her. Not not necessarily the violence happening. But I would have loved to see her like lock eyes with the fox or something, or the fox having oh, trying to duck down, like like her coming to to the realization of what she'd done right after or or right before. Look, so let's say you have a shot of her. Um, it's like, and she's opening the cage, she's opening the door. The fox is hesitant to come out, and it starts it starts wearily coming out, walking past her, still being afraid, trying to kind of duck away from her. But she's just like, go on, go on, it's fine. Uh and then just as it takes its head, like it moves its face from her, uh, ready to bolt off, she like di- like she dives down with her mouth onto its back or something. And then it cuts to the house. Yeah. Um, I, it, so, like I would have liked to see something like that. And I think that also I think that also could have added some relief to the suspense because something happens. Exactly. Because, yeah, they left a little just too much implied than I didn't want implied. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, uh, I guess we're ready to get into the uh, audience stuff then. Yeah, let's hit the survey. So, I, like I said, they uh, they gave it a five point six, which is funny because that's actually the exact score IMDb gives it. <laughs> so, good job, audience. <laughs> Whereas we're basically IMDb now. Uh, so. um, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so I went ahead and asked how scary it was to you because I really didn't. It really isn't a scary movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the highest of a four. We had a couple ones. It was just in that range though, so really not scary. Um, mm-hmm. But I asked, how sad did you feel? Oh, um, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the, we had a couple threes. Some people just, and I, that's understandable because, again, the suspense they were holding you in. But we did have a 10. Someone was bawling by the end of this. That that I assume that goes with the high rating that we got. I would guess so, yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense. I, I think if this movie is able to heavily emotionally impact you, it's a good movie. And yeah, it is with a, it is with the high rating. So you are right there. Mm-hmm. Um. I think like sadness wise, I'd give it a good seven because like the whole time I'm still I'm sympathizing with him having to make this decision and all this and I can hang in there for a bit. So, yeah. And so we have our paths of fear question, but I didn't ask what scares you the most because, again, it really wasn't scary. Yeah, I I changed it up and I asked what moved you the most. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And we had our four options. I said the mother's death and influence like with the daisies and stuff, you know, uh, the cuts at the end with like her having fun with her mom. Um, Trent being taken away. Maggie suffering through the infection and the trauma and Wade having to navigate his daughter's impending death. Hmm. Which, uh, which do you think took it Ian? I want to say Wade's navigation. Cause I think the majority of the focus 
of emotion in the film is on Wade and his yeah. his the impact on him. So I'll go with that. So, and what do you think was the least? I'd probably say the mother's death, just because I don't. You're, and you're talking about Maggie's mother, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll just say that because that had already happened before the beginning of the movie. While it was brought up, it was almost brought up as actually somewhat of a connection point between uh, Maggie and Wade as opposed to a uh, a grief that they had. And I felt like it was real happy at the end seeing her with her mom. Like it kind of gave you the idea of like it's almost like an afterlife they're in together. Yeah. Getting to be in these memories kind of gave you that sense. So you are right on both fronts. Ian. However, there's one that tied with the top one. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I want to I want to see if you can nail that one. It's between Trent being taken away and Maggie's suffering. I, I would I would go with Maggie's suffering simply because I don't think Trent's suffering just in, in regards to the percentage of movie taken up. Trent was not in there for that much time. No, and that's fair. And yeah, that's that is right where it lands. It hey. is really just based on what the movie focused on. I am. I'm uh, amazing. What can I say? I would have loved to see Trent's scene. Like as he was telling the story, see it acted out as well with him like narrating it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like cutting to that and then cutting back to him. I think that would have been wonderful. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, like they do with Maggie, they have like some some sudden flashbacks, but at the same time, uh, it's kind of weird because with most movies, when they give you the sorts of you know um, deconstructed flashbacks where you only get like a couple seconds, they usually at some point during the movie have a, re- a reveal of what actually happened. Uh, the full length of it uh, they never had that in this movie um and maybe that also would have added to the you know finality of it or to um to the suspense like i feel like there's at some point in the movie they could have actually had a full reveal of what happens uh for instance uh, maybe after her death you know when people are like that's it um then they go to revealing what actually happens and then you you see after the finality of it, you see that this one singular bite that happens even though she got away is what caused this whole you know emotional catastrophe yeah i do agree. so yeah i i also agree like trent uh, you know same thing like it just it provides that extra impact um to see that because uh then there is also a little bit of a focus put on like how small that bite is compared to the the damage it causes with you saying that i did think it would be a really interesting plot point if throughout her nightmares and stuff she we got to see a little more of the scene acted out there but we saw like a friend there or something um that maggie had to wrong somehow to get away she had to like push her friend in front of her she had to leave her friend Mm -hmm. to get bit when she maybe could have helped her or something and then she would see that friend when she woke up or something now i think that would have been an interesting subplot to deal with yeah and like, and at some point she blows up about it. And she's like, I let her die. And like, Wade has to console her through that or something. There would, then there would be a reason for her to, to be so distant from that friend. And also for them, for that to be an important part of the story of bridging that gap before she dies. Like, yeah, I think you're right. That would have made a, a good, a good subplot. So yeah, it, uh, I went on then to ask, there's no doubt this movie was on a fast paced one. Did this work for you? And could they have done it better or should they have sped it up? Um, so our first one was the pace really worked for me. No matter how excruciating it was at times, I f- it really helped the viewer feel more of the emotion that the scenes felt. The subtle hints of her getting progressively worse mixed with a slow burn and soft piano melodies really just turned on the waterworks full force. Hmm. So I think, yeah, they're one of the people that could tolerate it the whole time that could deal with just being held in that area of suspense for so long. Yeah, and that, that really shows how someone can enjoy a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 
And yeah, so if you're one of those people and you could enjoy this movie like that, that's awesome. I, I can I can relate to you. I'm not quite there, but I can relate. Our next one was yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Our third is it didn't really work for me as I had a hard time focusing on the movie, but I don't think they could have done it better necessarily. I just don't think it works for everyone, which is fair. Mm. I think that it is hard to critique how to do it better. I really uh, just with what I've seen of storytelling like drama relies on this so much where in reality, nothing's really happening except people yelling at each other um, in so many dramas, but there's so much you can do to make plot points and make turning points and emotions that the story needs. Right. Um, but I, and I understand having a hard time. The first time I ever saw this movie many years ago, I was falling asleep for a lot of it because it is very relaxing, especially with the score. And uh, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. I know. I know where you're at. Um, our fourth was it was a good pace. I just get impatient fast. Interesting. So you, you're they're blaming themselves for not being able to stick with the movie, which I don't think is fair to do. I think that really ninety percent of the time, if you're an audience member feeling something, you're justified in feeling that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never at a fault of yours. You need to look at what the movie could have done differently. There are those times when you really are just like an impatient person, or you really <laughs> just didn't you wanted something else. But most of the time, really, any audience member. Any emotion they feel is justified. Mm-hmm. Um, and our last one for that for that question was, it definitely dragged on and it felt very repetitive. I would have liked to see more of what this world is like outside of just Maggie and Arnold. Maybe some origins or a timeline. Speaking of that, though, like knowing the world outside, this movie, it, got, it gave me a lot of interstellar vibes. You know, at the beginning, I'm like, okay, burning crops, apocalypse, like, yeah, you know, farmer on a rural home. Like, this is a very much interstellar vibes at the beginning here. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining what Interstellar would have been like if he'd never left the planet, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yeah, I could see, I could see how that might dull the film a little bit. Um, mm. Of course, it's not quite like that because the movies have very different goals and directions. But still, like, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point to bring up. Of like, yeah, we don't really get to see the outside world. There's, there's exposition. There's a, a radio person talking about it, providing context of where they are, but. Yeah, it would have been, and that's why, you know, I kind of pictured them on the run or something. Like, we actually get to see more of the world. You, you get a little more of the finding the zombified gas station clerk. Like, just a little more of that. Not not so confined. It makes for a really interesting zombie world, and I would really love to explore it. I don't think this movie was the place to do it, but I'd love to see stuff that explores the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so what they could have done, because they were working with very limited spaces, the house, I think they could have, changed it up so much to make it feel different every time like during the night if they would have used more like typical horror lighting everything was dark except for the two lights um like a really dim light on maggie that who was kind of posed as the killer at times and then like carolyn or something that or wade who was poised as the person trying to get away Hmm. um giving it almost like a slasher feel at times just to really understand that maggie is an antagonist in the situation that would be interesting. So uh, the last two, I didn't give us an, a big old open-ended question this time, uh, but a big old open thought question for yourself. Uh, I hit it with the two parts. Who do you love most in your life? Uh, a few people said mother. We have some saying partner. Someone said my little lamb chop, which if like if it's a meal, cool, but I imagine that somebody. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a specific dish. Yeah. You know, I've had had the same lamb chop since i was four years old <laughs> super moldy now but love it 
And then this answer, I don't know who in the world could have answered this. It's anyone's guess, but it says, I refuse to answer this question, this question on the grounds that it is my brother's podcast, which my mother and sister listen to. <laughs> I wonder who, who that could, is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who it could be, but <laughs> someone didn't want to answer. <laughs> uh. um, and then, but then the next question, it was a pie chart. So you get another question here, Ian. Uh, I said they're infected. How do you choose? Quarantine, quarantine's poison, shoot themselves, or I can't kill them. I think the most is going to be I can't kill them. I'm just going to be honest. Okay, okay. And uh, what do you think was the least? I think the least are going to do quarantine. Okay. Uh, yeah, the least was tied between quarantine and quarantine's poison. Yeah. Uh, the figured. film really, the film made it obvious that those really weren't the options to go with. And I loved the doctor's character, how he was, that was good. trying to be, he had a really great bedside manner written for him, like in the uh, actual doctor's scene. But then like all his like private talk and his meetings with Wade were just super great. He was just such a human being. Yeah, you really saw the difference between him working a professional doctor. He felt like a real professional doctor, you know, talking to his patient and then when he talked to wade you know he was you know and a friends giving him advice that was that was good yeah and giving it to him rough mm-hmm. like he wasn't he wasn't sugarcoating it like he was around maggie nope but it was awesome it was great to see um well and the most was actually shoot them yourself interesting okay yeah y'all uh, y'all are uh hard sons of guns it, it was it barely beat over i can't kill them but yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I was interested by that too. Uh, do you? If it was someone you love, Ian, could you kill them? Do you think? Oh or, gosh. Uh, maybe uh, they they might be able to to convince me. If, yeah. if they weren't on the side of please kill me, then I don't think I would be able to. If they were like please kill uh, me, then I could. You know, maybe maybe I could make my way there. But yeah, if they were pleading for their life. No. Yeah, exactly. That that's the thing. That would suck. If they if they didn't want to go, I don't know if I could go do it. Like I, maybe I would just. I would definitely. I would definitely close and lock my door at night, though, Wade. Yeah. Excuse yeah, me. That was. Like, that just showed how little he was afraid of her, which I thought was really interesting. That he knew his daughter <laughs> couldn't do anything like that, even though like it's not in her control, really. But like yeah. that was just crazy. Even though we, as the audience, know that that is not a good idea. Yeah. Um, personally, it, it depends on if, if it's just me and them, uh, like if it's me and my dad or my mom or my sister just toughing it out through the apocalypse, uh, and it like, it's just the two of us and they're infected, uh, unless it's a fast acting infection. No, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I have to try to live out life with them some still. Uh, yeah. But like, let's say it's me and my sister and my mom and my mom is infected. I, I will. I'll do it. I'll shoot her just because she's a risk to my sister. And I can't I can't do that. That actually it does it becomes a lot more complicated when you add in other people uh, that you also love. Yeah, exactly. If you have multiple people that you love and one of them is infected, you know that you can't endanger other people that you love who still have hope to live. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's just yourself, I mean like Yeah, it's a risk you can run. It'd be, I'd be protecting myself, but also if they go, what do I have? So, you know, then you can kind of it's much much more difficult. But yeah, it really comes down to that. And I think that all the people I know, like I hold dear in my life, I think they're all the kind that would willingly go in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that really any of my pals or my family would be up for doing that. Um, yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> I did. 
Did I say you were one of them? <laughs> hey, we're podcast. About we're you. podcast business partners. In not that pals. city. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I uh, I am glad we watched this. I think that it's really important for horror to exist outside of its own genre sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. To because that makes it so much more real and so much more. I don't know, substantial as a genre, whenever it can be used to express a heartfelt story like this. Yeah. Uh, which can happen within the genre itself, like just the pure horror movies. But I feel like this is a lot more powerful and it offers a lot more just being set in a world of horror. Yeah. And and I I really do think that um, while this movie lacks a lot of uh, like it, it was really hurt, like on the enjoyment factor. But at the same time, I think it is really important uh, because of how it decided to go about the zombies um you know the, the zombie genre how it decided to uh, uh to try something different um and yeah like you said that is important for horror i like honestly this movie i feel like brings back sentiments of like the early walking dead almost you know yeah uh, yeah uh, totally and and like those were like the golden years of zombie you know that was amazing mm-hmm. well all right um yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We have been Paths of Fear. You can uh, catch us in our Discord every Friday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We do watch one of these horror movies uh, and give us your takes on it as well. We'd love to hear from everybody. Uh, we do stream on Twitch here and there. We're not amazing. I'm, I'm not especially amazing, but you're a lot better than me. Um, <laughs> I try my best. But that's at yeah, 7 p.m. on Mountain Times, uh, Mondays. Right now we're going through a Mori. That's right. Yep. Um, Am I missing anything, Ian? May- maybe when we're uh, you know out of out of school and uh, all that. Um, oh yeah. In like a year, or however, uh, then maybe maybe we'll be a little bit better at, at streaming and whatnot. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, if you're interested, check it out. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and y'all have a wonderful day or night ahead of you. Bye. Bye.